Sophia Drinker Show, the podcast that is raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solace, and with me, as always, my very talented friend. She is definitely the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> the mixtress DC Gina. Hi, Louise. <laughs> I feel uh, I feel very Bette Midler of you. you Thank like you. That? Yes. Can you I, can you hum a little bit of that tune? For I mean, me? do you want people to listen or turn it off immediately? <laughs> well, that's exactly why I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay, so I mean, this, we are right off Broadway, so you never know. You yeah, never know. This, I mean, this is it. It could be a whole new Gina, a whole new like career. <laughs> All right, so wings. Every little journey, a little bridge. Um, so I know, I'm sure you know of the butterfly effect. Yeah. And that, you know, small things make big impact. And you know, the idea that a butterfly flapping its wings um, in one part of the world can cause a typhoon in another. And in a more positive way, it's exactly what today's designated drinker does. She does some amazing things on a daily basis. She's part of an amazing um, uh organization and so to no further or no further ado um let's just help me um welcome today's designated drinker the executive director of city meals on wheels beth shapiro hi that is some introduction <laughs> <laughs> but it's true you do these um, i mean like i think about what we do and i get to drink gina's amazing cocktails and talk to cool people and you do things that actually affect and change people's lives so i don't get to drink the cool cocktails Gina makes on a regular basis, but I do get to talk to people, which is probably one of the best parts of my job, going out on meal deliveries. And when you were talking about, a, you know, a little butterfly flapping its wings, it reminded me immediately of our founding. I mean, City Meals was founded 37 years ago because two really incredible people read an article in the New York Times talking about older New Yorkers going four days without food because it was right before Thanksgiving. And the city closed Thursday, Friday, Saturday of Thanksgiving, and these homebound elderly relied on the city fully at that time for meals. Our founder, Gail Green, the restaurant critic, read the article. She called her friend, James Beard, just wow. some guy. Yeah, some <laughs> random guy. This guy. <laughs> random guy who... This gallon, some... this gallon guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they called their friends in the restaurant world and raised $35,000 to help this cause. The following week, Gail called the city, the Department for the Aging, and said, we raised $35,000 and six chickens, and yeah. we're going to do Christmas. And that was really all it was going to be. This, you know, handful of friends got together, raised this money, and we'll be done with it. And they just weren't, because they saw the impact of what they were doing. They went on meal deliveries, were touched by the people that they were feeding, and here we are, 37 years later, we're feeding 18,000 people on a regular basis, and we've delivered 58 million meals in our history. Wow, that's so amazing. It's, it is amazing, but they're amazing. The people that we feed are amazing. They are 60 and older, can no longer shop or cook for themselves. Average age is 85, but we're feeding over 200 people who are 100 years old or older. And wow! When, yes, and when you think about, you look around the city, and you know, we were just chatting before we started about the neighborhoods and changing of neighborhoods and how your neighborhood is so important to you and, and your identity to some degree, where you've come from. They built this city 
for us. We have meal recipients we are feeding who have lived in their apartments for decades, 40, 50, 60 years, and the neighborhoods have changed and changed again around them, and it's where they want to stay. And if it's a simple meal coming to the door and a visit to check on them that keeps them there, they're happy, we're very happy, and it's the right place and the right thing for them. And we are lucky enough to partner with the city. So the city still funds the meals Monday through Friday, and City Meals steps in and fills that gap for weekend, holiday, and emergency meals. Our piece of that is about 2 million meals every year, about 40% of all the meals going out in this very big, crazy city. That's amazing. I don't think I knew that. I don't think I realized how many meals it is. You You know, you, know, you, you said like, keeping these people in their homes. You know, my mother's my mother's aging, and the first thing my, everyone wants to do is take her out, like put her here. But like, you know, it's it's a faster route to the end when you disrupt the routine, whatever the routine is, whatever it is. I think I think you know, working your whole life, paying taxes your whole life, you know, being part of the workforce, you deserve that right, that luxury. I think it's a luxury to stay in your home to the end. With your things, with your, whatever your, whatever it is for you. If you can, right? And if you're comfortable enough and that's where you want to be. And that's our goal, right? If, if your mother or an older person is well enough to be in their home with a meal coming to the door, making sure they're getting some nutrition every day and a check-in, right? Or, hmm, the same delivers knocking on the door and a few days in a row something is amiss, then we can say, wait a minute, we might need to intervene a little bit more here. But it is exactly that. You you are surrounded by the things you love and care for. Now, our meal recipients are primarily living alone. They've outlived friends, family, often even their own children. So it makes it harder. But it's still, you know, their walls are covered with pictures of people they've loved, that they've shared holidays with, and we want them to stay there if they can, and they want to stay there, and they have, I mean, you know, we talked about talking to people, and and that's the best part of my job, to go on a meal delivery, to meet someone, to hear about what they've done. We're so close right here where we're talking to the theater district in New York, and there's a meal center nine blocks away that really caters to this area, and we've had... um, Mary, who used to ride the elephants in Ringling Brothers, is a longtime meal recipient. Lots of people who were actors, writers, dressers. I didn't know this, that on a Broadway show, there are people who dress the the actors and actresses or behind the scenes, dressing, sewing them in quickly or whatever they need to do, that have been just all parts of, of that community and others all around the city. It's amazing. Oh, and, um, I think this was another Mary, a different Mary, <laughs> who used to live here but worked down at what was originally Nabisco all the way downtown. She used to make the animal crackers. And we, we have this great video on our website of her talking about how much she loved that, and they put her on another product, and she just didn't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was the shape of the elephant that made the difference. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So while we're at it, I just want to let the listeners know where we are today. We are uh, being hosted by a very, uh, really lovely host, um, Bocaria. We're here on uh, West 40th, and we're in their back little private dining area watching the, the kitchen hard at work. 
yeah. making some uh, amazing uh, Barcelona-style tapas, is how they describe it. It's, it's super upbeat, and the food is delicious. Pretty delicious. Yeah. yeah. It has not been a hard day. I mean, I feel like we should make you a cocktail now, since we took that nice little uh, break. Let's just do a cocktail. Let's do it. Um, so all of your hard work. I'm going to stand up here. So we're going to so we're gonna make... So I know they give you a little, I like whiskey, I like gin. So I'm going to do something where I thought was like in between, where we're going to do mezcal, because it's smoky like a whiskey, it can drink like a gin, and it's nothing you ask for. <laughs> I like that. Something new to try, I, uh, and I'm excited to watch. So what we did is, you know, I'm pretty sure, especially you feed so many people, that food waste is a big part of your day, like making sure that we don't, don't waste anything, everything's not for naught. So I wanted to make it so that today we used simple ingredients that would normally be tossed to the wayside um, and then we turn them into um, usable items for the bar. So what we did first is um, we took flowers that we had. These are just little rosebuds and stuff that were like left over. And we salted them, and then, we, and then I keep them in a salt container. So they're just salted rosebuds. And then I put a little bit of fresh lime zest, and then I juice the lime into your drink with a, two ounces of mezcal, about an ounce of lime in each one. And then this is uh, watermelon water that's fermented. So basically what it is is we cut up watermelon, we had an event, the watermelon with the wine, everything left over, took all of that, juiced it, and then we fermented it with a little bit of, um, it's kind of like a Chinese, like a Chinese fungus, right? Now you don't have to put that in there. I, if you don't know how to do that, if you don't know how to use Chinese fungus, please do not do that at home. Yeah. <laughs> a really good way for you to make fermented watermelon water super easy is to put it in your refrigerator for like a week or so, add a little bit of citric acid to it so you don't die, and then you can use it and it's good for about another two weeks. Gotcha. Uh, but it's really smart if you're bartending, if you have a big event, if you have, you know, you're doing uh, uh, catering for, you know, large groups and you have all these rinds left over, they're pretty much inedible, except you can make really good kombuchas, juices, stuff like that with it. And you can cheat it and put water and stuff like that. Um, I have some if you want to try it by itself. And then we're going to take that, we're going to put it all in a shaker tin. And then pro tip, which I always say is fill up the top with enough ice, and that's as much as it goes in there, so when you put the cap on, it doesn't go all over you. I'm gonna use this too. I've done that. I have it all that. over you. I, I've worn it. I probably would. Yeah. I'm so excited. It should be. It's always fun to watch Gina make a cocktail. Yeah. I know that it's like, just, just for you. I'm gonna stay, well, the part that it's just for me is out of this world, but I wanna stay and take classes. At, oh, it's beautiful. So, like, you know, really realizing things and just reimagining them is what makes things better. I feel like if you can simply just a little bit reduce your food waste, and, you know, I've been doing this for a very long time, so I feel like, you know, now everyone's starting to put light on it. Um, you know, I've, I've done it because I've worked for really cheap chefs when they wouldn't let you throw anything away. So I got really good at it. But now like, people are putting the light on it. And I realize the applications are even more, you know, kitchens, or food kitchens already do this. But like to shed some more light on like you don't have to throw away things that are in your own refrigerator. I feel like if we can just do that. You can, you know, 
at least control some of the waste that goes out of grocery stores because they, they don't order as much because you're not you're going through things and it's a global problem. It's not like it's just in this country. So there you go. I'm going to shake one for you too. All right. All right. Don't tell them. Let me make Now wait and taste them together. It is definitely beautiful now. It's a very pretty color. I know. Yeah, this part of my job does not suck. No. You lived in Hawaii and you get to drink great drinks on a regular basis. No. Life is not bad for you. No, no I cannot complain. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, everybody. Oh, it's my kind of drink. Yeah, this is really good. Really adds to it. It's amazing. Gina talks about adding salt to cocktails and what it how it opens it up. It's really, really beautiful, Gina. Thanks. And that mezcal, it's nice and smoky, but it's not overpowering. Mm -mm. Try. So the watermelon water, like if you see it, it's super dark. It's like super red. And um, it happens because it's actually getting sweeter, even though you think it's getting more tart. So it's like, so it's like a Sour Patch Kid. What were you going to say? It's delicious. Even by itself, yeah. it's, it's but it's not quite as sour mm -hmm. as that beginning part of a sour patch. I, <laughs> <laughs> I heard your podcast where you talked about liking sour patch. Oh, <laughs> I, do, I do love them. They're actually my favorite. Oh, was that that's the Todd Thrasher episode? Woo. <laughs> oh, did you listen to that episode? Oh, cool. Uh, Todd, I never drinking Chardonnay in a can again. <laughs> that was a really boozy one. That was an unusual boozy two episodes. <laughs> cheers, ladies. I'll cheers. Cheers. Your watermelon water. Yes. Cheers. 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 We have an audience today for designated drinker, just so you know. So it's kind of really nice. It is nice. I love it's it. Fun. All right. So, um, when you and I chatted before, you, you brought up something that, that uh, and you didn't repeat it, and I was hoping it would interested the hidden hungry. Yeah, that's how I think about our elderly, right? So, the people we're feeding are in every borough, in every neighborhood of New York City, and they're not the people you see. Right? They're not your neighbors that you might cross on the stairs or in the elevator or coming in and out of your building, and they're not the people on the street. They're hidden behind their doors because they're too frail to come out. I met Josephine, a 100-year-old woman, 101-year-old woman on Thanksgiving. I delivered to her. She was so bubbly and full of life. Her door and her building door were too heavy for her to open, for her to get out and feel safe oh my goodness. walking. And so she's hidden, right, yeah. to her neighbors. You, you know, it's a big city. There, there are tons of people sometimes you know people in your building and sometimes you don't and sometimes there's a door you never see open yeah and that's often who the homebound elderly are you know that that we feed and it's um it's just a reminder to think about things a little bit outside of yourself sometimes and even when you talk about using ingredients that otherwise would would go to waste it's to be thoughtful, right? To be thoughtful about what's your own home, in your own home, in your own kitchen, and sometimes a little bit outside in, in of your that. own community. I in mean, your you, I mean, you're specifically only talking about New York City, but this isn't this isn't, isn't unique, unfortunately, to only New York. This is this is an no. epidemic throughout our nation. It's and all sure beyond. It's all over. I mean, New York is the largest meals on wheels program in the country, but there are five thousand community-based home-delivered meal. Uh, programs across the country so feeding elderly 
all over the country. Elder hunger is a huge issue. The older population is the fastest growing population in the country. I am the tail end of the baby boomers and we are aging in. It's a large mass of people here in New York by 2040. There will be a 40% growth in the number of people 60 and older in the city. Wow. Yes, the first time that older New Yorkers will outnumber children. First time in history, ever, in the hundreds of years that we've been here. And that swell is all over the city. So we're seeing growth in elder hunger. Mm -hmm. One in five across the country, people over 60 are hungry. They do not have enough food to eat. Um, Here in the city, our growth is both in that younger demographic, people sort of aging in, but also 80 and above, 85-ish, is our average age. And the real growth there, because people are living longer. Yeah. You know, 100 years ago, people did not live to be 100. I know. Like, how many people are over 100 in, D- in um, New York right now? Well, the ones that we're feeding, over 200 people that are home-delivered meals. And yes. those are the people you know, not... Oh, my God. Yeah. Right, that we know, that the one, you know, of the 18,000 we're feeding. So that's a pretty high percentage. Yeah, my, and gra- yeah, my grandma lives to be 96, and we thought that was an anomaly. We're like, Grandma made it. 96. It's 96 is huge. Well, yeah, but, but it's there are tons yeah. of, that we're feeding at 96. And because... Did, you didn't think she'd live that long, right? And she didn't think she'd live that she long. She always said this is her last birthday oh, for, wow. since she was 80. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we've been listening to that for, <laughs> for 16 years. Yeah. And then when it was, we're like, whatever. And then it was. And we're like, well, she knew. And I'm like, no, she's been saying it for 16 years. She didn't know anything. <laughs> and she didn't think she'd live that long. No. So she had didn't. she prepared, right? You, they didn't think about what savings would mean and, and how your dollar would buy even less when you were that old than it did when you were 50 and they don't have the wherewithal you know physically as well as financially to care for themselves and we can step in and bring a meal and help I keep saying it you know the people who built the city for us because they did I mean we talked about my my parents owned a deli in Brooklyn and my mom was the first in her of that group to go to college. She had a brother who didn't. And it was my grandparents almost demand. There was just, there was never a thought that she wouldn't go to college because education was the the way out. And when she met my dad, he was a singer and didn't have a college degree. Uh And my grandfather said, no, there will be no (laughs) wedding without an education. So my dad went back to school and became a psychologist. But it was because of my grandparents who, you know, said, this is where, you know, we immigrated here so you can do better. And this city full of immigrants um, is full of older immigrants that need a little help from us. So it's... That was one strong grandma. Yes. My grandma, I have two really strong grandmas. And um, that one came to this country when she was in her teens with one sister and told her parents, she was one of 13, so I have this large extended family, but she was... One of the younger ones, and she said, "I am, I am leaving." And they sewed her money in her coat pockets, and off they came. Um, and she had a little dress shop in her basement um, in Brooklyn. And I, yeah, I remember when I was little that I got to do the you know the little chalk, the little hem yes. chalk. Yeah, 
I would cover all the dresses. <laughs> I was her youngest grandchild, so I got away with it. But she was tough, and my other grandmother also was very tough. Her mother died when she was 17, and she got married and took her younger siblings in wow. and raised them along with my father. So I have really um, powerful women as examples. I think my mom's a pretty tough cookie, too. She wouldn't say that. But to, you know, think about the women in my life and where they could be now um, and what they've helped me become, just inspired to be and to be able to give back to others like them is nice. I couldn't have a better job. Except maybe if I was mixing cocktails with you. <laughs> I feel like if I worked with you and then I just made cocktails, you know, four, I would be like, you know, it's a good thing, right? It would be really good. Yeah. Yeah. You get to go home on time stuff. Or out and deliver. Yeah. 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 That's okay. No one drives in New York. So someone so picks you up. Yeah. Some, somebody picks you up and takes you somewhere else. <laughs> So I feel like you just get in the delivery truck and you're like, okay, here we go. Here we go. In the city, it's more Meals on Heels and out in the other, in Manhattan, it's Meals on Heels, but in many of the other boroughs, it's more Meals on Wheels, trucks and drop-offs. How many volunteers do you have doing this? So many. We could not exist without volunteers. Last year, about 25,000 people, over 80,000 hours of time that people helped do, you know, get meals to the door, and then we have volunteers that... um, do friendly visiting so we pair a volunteer with a meal recipient and they agree to visit for an hour every week moving you know for it can last for years and those relationships are beautiful for both we have um ronnie a a guy in brooklyn who uh, retired he was a police officer who retired and to spend time with his wife and unfortunately, she was diagnosed with cancer shortly after his retirement and passed away. And he was looking for something. And he will tell you, it was almost simultaneously simultaneous to him thinking about what he could do that he got a mailing from us about our friendly visiting program. I think that was seven or eight years ago. And he has had and been a friendly visitor ever since. And he has multiple guys that he visits every week. He'll, you know, put them in the car and take them to doctor's appointments and out to lunch every now and then. But what he talks about is what it's done for him, how it pulled him out of, you know, a depressed place and has given a purpose to his life. And the meal recipients also couldn't do without him. We have a, a friendly visitor who teaches yoga, and they're doing. She's doing chair yoga with her meal recipient. It's it's incredible that there are people in the city who volunteer so much of their time on a regular basis to help other people. It's great. It is so great. I'm like teary eyed. <laughs> I really am. I, I I see my mother. She's getting old. Yeah. And you know, my grandmother. My grandmother lived with us. So like. You know, we were a lot of kids, so grandma needed whatever. You just did whatever grandma needed. You know, my grandfather died, had a heart attack when he was, like, 86. And I think about, you know, my grandmother was, you know, would have been alone. I'm just, like, I'm just thinking, God, what if we weren't all here? And then the other thing that popped to me is, who's going to take care of me when my kids don't want to talk to me anymore because I made them do something? You'll raise them right. We'll help. We'll do more. So you talk about the volunteers. So for our listeners... um, if they want it, I mean, obviously, even the smallest thing helps. And, and they're not all based in New York. But for those that are, um, where can they go to um, volunteer? And then if you're not in New York, where can you go? Sure. So for 
New York, you should go to citymeals.org, our website, C-I-T-Y-M-E-A-L-S dot O-R-G. There are opportunities to volunteer, to donate. We love donations. 100% of every penny from the general public goes to meal preparation and delivery. We, our board and the city fund our administrative costs. So it, you know where your money is going to. Average $7.42 delivers a meal. Wow. Um, but I digress. So you can go online to uh, volunteer, donate, and you can also, if you know someone who needs meals, there's a little Get Meals oh, tab. That's great. You plug in your zip code and it gives you the phone number of the place to call to get meals. And um, through us, you can get information about volunteering or getting involved elsewhere. That's in the great. country, we can we can help direct you. That's great, and it's it can be as little as two hours in your life, or it can be as much as two hours every week. Yeah, you know whatever you want to make of it is it would be amazing. Yeah, well, there obviously there's a great need and uh, a small. Um, a small effort. Sounds like a small effort. I know committing your time is very difficult, and, and even I would going through it and facing the reality. But I think the reward out of it is got it, and you got to feel great about it. It's amazing. I have, you know, I, I worked in marketing and advertising for 20 years, and was looking for something else. And it took a while. I had no nonprofit experience, so nobody wanted to hire me until I met with our founding executive director, Marcia Stein. She had run the organization for nearly 30 years at that time and hired me as City Meals Director of Marketing and Communications. And it changed my life. My first meal delivery was in Brownsville, Brooklyn, where my dad grew up. A rough area then and a rough area still now. And I met Mamie, whose picture is in my office. And she, her shoes... Um, her sneakers were tied together or held together with duct tape but she had this bright face and was afraid to go outside afraid of being you know falling and being hurt but also a bit afraid of her neighborhood and you could see it she was very tentative in her talking and I was with the photographer and the camera came out and she lit up and she sat to the side and cocked her head to the side and said should I strike a pose? And that's the picture that I have in my office. And she worked in a grand hotel, and her husband used to dance, and they used to entertain all the time. But that was my moment that I knew that this was the right place for me. And um, I've been at City Meals 13 years. And yes, it is the best job I could ever ask for. It's very stressful, but that's why I have good drinks like this every now and (laughs) But I feel good. Every day, knowing that we are helping people who need it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if, if you've missed any of those um, websites, don't worry. Just head over to designateddrinker.show. Of course, you'll get the recipe, um, like always. You know, make sure you have all of that, um, all the how-tos, ingredients, recipes, everything. But the other thing we will definitely do is we'll make sure that there are links that go out to your organization as well. So that way, again, if anyone at all... Or up-and-coming fundraisers. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yes. We have fundraisers all the time that are super fun. We have um, a dinner at restaurant Danielle. Danielle Balud is a co-chair, co-president of our board and he opens his doors on a Sunday um, to guests for an incredible I don't know, six, seven, eight course dinner. And But it's fun because it's blue jeans and bow ties. So you can never wear jeans into restaurant Danielle, but you can on 
Sunday night of our <laughs> event every year. We take over Rockefeller Center for a huge tasting with 40 chefs from around the globe. That's always fun and exciting. Um, we have a Brooklyn-based event, also a tasting event, aimed at our young professional group. Very hip, fun. We're hoping, Gina, you join us this year and, and mix some drinks. and, and uh, It's a fun way to get involved. And, you know, it's, of course, financial donation, but you get really great fun food and in return. And, um, yeah, it's easy. And mean, amazing people like you. <laughs> amazing people that support City Meals in, in a lot of different ways. Thank you. It's true. It's true. So how do you feel, Gina? Uh, I don't know. I feel like we can do more. And no, that's a good thing. That's it. We're going to take you on a meal delivery next time you're in New York. We'll go on a meal delivery. We'll keep it short and sweet, and we'll okay. try to find some fun people. We will not be mixing drinks for them. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a whole different thing. I mean, I mean, they would like an egg cream. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got one more question. Yeah. All right. So, my it's kind of new for us, and it's something I want to be just trying out. But everyone has a spirit animal. You know, everyone's like, oh, red panda, this or this is my spirit animal. So I want to know, because you're in the food biz, what's your spirit ingredient? Oh, my God, that's hard. If you were an ingredient, what would you if be? If I were an ingredient, what would I be? So two things are coming to mind. Go to, go to. The first is this fermented watermelon <laughs> juice water, because I've never had it, but I'm loving it. And then both sugar and blueberries popped into my head. So, I don't know. Well, Blueberry? Okay. I love that. I'll take it. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That's my, that's my new thing. <laughs> that's <it>. cool. <laughs> so, it's been really wonderful having you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us and inspiring us and giving us insight to uh, some things that we all should know about. So. Thank you for having me. It was really a lot of fun, and I always love talking about City Meals, but it's not always quite this fun, so thank you. Oh, Great. Thank you. All right, well, it's the last call. Uh, all right. I say we just grab a few cocktails and hang out here at Bokeria and Spanish wine. Yeah, and drink some Spanish wine, Let's which I've been wanting to do all day. Yes. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.